And welcome to tonight's edition of Pardon the Confusion. I'm your special guest host, David Arnold. At least my dad thinks I'm special. Uh, that's why he said, hey, David, here, take this podcast. Do it with uh, my friends Nate Moyer and Ernest Watts. Ernest coming live from somewhere in North Carolina. Cordova. Right. Rich Cordova. Corinthian leather. Cordova. I've heard of that place once or twice. Yes. Might have lived there as a child for, for a few years there. Uh, Ernest, do you remember when there was a winter and it actually snowed yeah. in, in North Carolina? And we lost our power for like two weeks. And I remember one house in like the entire neighborhood had power. Uh, and that was yours. That's me. And I welcomed your poor, your huddled masses into my house as long as I had kept control over the remote control you are all welcome to stay under my roof. Mi casa esta su casa to everyone in the neighborhood. Except for the one time I I did this. Here's a confession, and then we'll get the podcast really going here, Ernest. Um, you bought Madden 2002 for the PlayStation 2. Um, it was brand new. It was like the PlayStation 2 was just out, and, and me and Justin wanted to play it before you got home, but you told us not to play it. Well, I had to make sure there are no bad words on there. Well, here's the thing. We played it. I figured as much. I didn't know how to get it out of the case at the time because I was 11 years old. And I broke brand new Madden 2002, which Ernest played. And I remember freaking out. Uh, and needless to say, Ernest got very mad, very angry. However, I think your wife might have covered for me uh, and and had Justin take the blame. Uh, that was maybe the scariest day of my life. Me get angry? I am I am the the epitome of even temperedness in that respect. Yes, yes. You remember, right. who was on, you remember who was on the cover of that? Dante Culpepper. There you go. There we go. Oh, wow. Nate, That's old. Nate, Nate Moyer, our other guest here from Trumbull, Connecticut, the city. No, not city. The town. The town. Can't get that wrong. I got yelled is at that a, for that. Is it a township or is it a town? It is township the town, town of Trumbull. Town Trump, about 30, 32,000 live here, I think. So, so you know, we have a, a, a host text group, and Nate sent us a video of his golf game this past week. Uh, you're corona isolating yourself, but you are practicing on your golf swing, Nate. It's looking good. I got that little hill. Yeah, I got this little hill that's good for sledding, but it's good for uh, chipping up. So I took a little pitching wedge and launched one into the woods. It's one of those plastic golf balls. It wasn't a real golf ball, so it's we'll find those. We'll go find those. But uh, you, you know what? The courses aren't open here. They're talking about maybe getting the cart courses open, golf courses open. Only one person in each cart. Um, you know, trying to make sure there's separation. Ten minutes between each group. We'll see. We'll see if it develops. I mean, that'd be great in the summer because you know, however long this thing lasts, if we can get out there, I think it's. It's great. Or, you know, even if just walking it, I think if they told everybody, hey, everybody has to walk the course with your bag, that could probably work too. But it seems like golf might be the one sport that recreationally, uh, not not the professional athletes, but maybe we could get out there and get on the golf course before Why you know, could everything else. I mean, could professionals could too, but, but us, you know, me sitting here in my house, I can't even go play at the park across the street because that's closed right now. I can't even run around there. But, you know, I, I would think that golf courses might be one of the first public places to really be open. Parks uh, are. Some states, parks are still open. They are here in North Carolina, even though we're going to shelter 
Monday at five o'clock, but I can see the PGA easily doing it with, with no audience because most of their money comes from TV and they'd have the whole market to themselves right now. I mean, you could do social distancing and play golf very easily. Well, they got to share the market with NASCAR, digital NASCAR. Well, digital NASCAR, but a live sport. I think you could still play golf now. I, I you know, I, I think you could do that. And of course, make sure the caddies are tested. Or why do you need caddies? See, these guys are real pros. They, got, little, they got they got the little roller bags if their back hurts, so they don't yeah, hurt their back too much. That's right. They don't need caddies. Let I them mean, make they play these it. courses. Yeah, they've got those computerized little things. Throw Tony GPAs. Romo in the booth. He he can do it all himself solo. He doesn't. I, yeah. I am with that. I you know like I mean? that idea. Uh, Tony CBS is already paying. CBS is already paying him. Why not flex him over the, the golf until football starts? The sport that comes out first that can somehow do this with social distancing is, is going to be such a ratings killer. I mean, people are so thirsty for live sports. I mean, there's a Serbian soccer league still playing that I would love to somehow find out where it's at. I would watch that because I'm tired of watching games that I know how they're going to end. These NCAA games that come on TV, okay, all right, I know how this ends. So Belarus, Belarus is the last dictator in Europe, and he has declared that coronavirus is a myth of the West. So he's quoted as saying, so the Belarusian soccer league has officially started as of two weeks ago because they play during the summer like americans professional soccer so you get some belarusian soccer in there ernest if you wanted to yeah belarusian soccer show that live that's what yeah, I, and, and put like, golf put golf out there i think you could put bowling on there too i think you could do social distancing and bowling Nate, the, what Nate, bowling. what is uh, bowling you have the you have to use the same little bowling ball return maybe okay. that there could be germs on one out. ball one ball and yeah, you're right. Put a, put a few lanes between them. I like it. Good work. Yeah, I, got lanes behind them. I got a question for you guys. Nate, what is the, uh, has there been any sport, any replay? How have you been coping with your TV watching time uh, so far during well, social isolation? We've been kind of using Netflix. Obviously, we've been using Disney Plus because we got the kids home during the day. So there's not a lot of... Uh, non-PG we can watch. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or Frozen 2? What are you watching? Yeah, we got the Frozen 2 little shows (laughs) that they have on there. Um, Between that and the Netflix shows, I think there's an Archibald one that's popular on Netflix that that just came out. You know, and then, but, uh, you know, the wife and I just re, um, we activated the uh, HBO. So we're watching the HBO documentaries. We're watching the McMillions right now. We're like, it's like six episodes, but honestly, I think it could probably get to be condensed could have been condensed down to like two. It's a little drawn out, but I'm still excited to see the rest of it. Um, You've got time to watch it. Yeah. So I I watch that and then she goes to bed. I end up watching like Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the new season of that. I'll probably go back once I do 10. Season 10, I'll probably go back. Um, Yeah, that's what kind of keep me. Other than that, I try to play a little Xbox. I have some friends. We do like uh, Halo, the Halo games. Um, So, you know, that's kind of cool. It's the social distancing. We're still chatting over it. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. I mean, there's just, I, I haven't really had any interest in going to ESPN except for free agency. That was exciting. That was like the one thing that saved us and all this was a little bit of free agency action, but obviously that slowed down. Uh, but other than that, I've just kind of watched the market, which is kind of depressing, or I watch the news, which is kind of depressing. So I try not to just try not to watch it. I'll play a little RBI baseball for uh, Xbox. That's the only baseball yeah. game I have. It's not that great, but it's something. So. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I think for me, the stock market has kind of replaced sports. For me, it's funny because I, I think I've probably given a lush tick over, over his market watching yeah. in the past. And that's for me, that's like as competitive as anything else gets. Ernest, what about you? Any YouTube clips? Any any old school um, shows? I know you did a podcast with my dad, and you said you just recently went back and watched the greatest college basketball game of all time uh, between oh, was yeah. it Maryland, Maryland and North Carolina State. 1973, yes. Maryland is zero turnovers. 102 to 101, 74. It was the ACC championship. And back then, ACC was the only conference which had a tournament. All the other conferences, pretty much, you won the regular season. You went to the NCAAs, first place, second place, went to the NIT. So Maryland and State were playing for the right to go to what was then the 32-team uh, NCAA. It was half of what you have now. But I've been playing uh, MLB to show, Road to the Show. I got drafted by the Orioles. I'm right now with the Bowie uh, uh, Bow Sox, I believe it is. I'm playing first base for them. I'm still in April. I'm hitting 200, but I got three home runs, so I'm doing pretty good. So that has a role playing where you get drafted. Ernest, let me tell you right quick. I, I'm also playing Road to the Show, Road to the Show for MLB the Show, but for last year's 19, and I'm on. Season three, my third season, I'm in the majors. Uh, I, I play it when I'm on the elliptical. Okay. Got drafted by the Orioles. I'm a third baseman for the Orioles. So well, I'm right there with you. Maybe up. Maybe you pull me up. You'll be throwing to me at first base. Well, we're terrible right now, so we could uh, use well, it. Well, it's realistic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, you know, I wanted to wear number eight because, uh, you know. Another, no, 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 it's retired. I know. I know. I can't. I can't. But another podcast my dad just released on best baseball players of the 90s, they talked about Cal Ripken Jr., uh, unanimous pick for, for a shortstop of the 90s. And for me, growing up, I grew. I only lived in Baltimore for two years of my life, but Cal Ripken Jr. is just the man, right? the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, so that's, for me, he holds a special place. I'm sure for you, you're from Delaware, so Cal Ripken has to... Oh, yeah, but you. You know, I go back to the 70s. I'm wearing 26, that's Boog Pow. So that's the number I'm going. I was going to go 13, but Manny kind of ruined that for the Orioles. And I'm, I'm streaming. I just finished uh, 11, 22, 63, which was based on a Stephen King book. And uh, I'm starting to pick up something else to stream. But well, Tell us about that one, Ernest. I haven't heard that one about the season Stephen King I've heard about. I've seen it on one of the streaming services. Can you tell me about it? Basically, it's... Uh, a guy finds a portal that goes back to 1960 and he attempts to stop the assassination of JFK and the past kind of works against him and everything he does, you know, the butterfly effect, that type of thing tends to create bigger and better problems. And generally speaking, I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, I'm trying to remember the actor who plays, uh, Oh Lord, it's the original Spider-Man and all that. Uh, oh, I cannot remember his name. But uh, did oh, we finally uh, stump? Did we stump Ernest? Is that did we just do that? Uh, we never yeah, stumped. James Ernest. Franco. I, I Franco, don't Franco. James Franco's in. Oh, okay. I had to think that. And Chris Cooper, who I like, is an underrated actor at times. It is it's well done. It's eight hours, so it's not that bad. I'm going to tackle uh, probably tackle Band of Brothers next. Which nice. I've seen in twenty years, I think. Have you seen the Pacific? I think it's on. I have it also, but I'm going to take care of Europe first. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Then I'll get to the Pacific Ocean. Here's one thing for me I have to say. With this time, with with sports now on TV, uh, just being at home a lot more than I normally am, I've I've gone on YouTube, and YouTube has such a a plethora of just great past games and even highlighted games where you get 20 minutes of game instead of an hour-long clip. Um, so I want you guys to think of, you know, the top two or three games in your lifetime that you would happily go back and watch on YouTube when you have time for the next, you know, three or four weeks, seven or eight weeks, however long for me, I'm going to, I'm going to name off my top one. And I'm going to ask you guys, um, I went back and I watched Michigan play Florida in the elite eight in 2013 in basketball. And, and it's a very random sounding game. I got to tell you, it was like the game that made me realize Michigan basketball was good at at basketball for really the first time in my lifetime. Uh, Nick Stauskas went six for six from the three point line in the first half, which was like a crazy thing as a freshman. What, was the, Burke, what were they ranked at the time? Do you remember? Michigan was a five seed and Florida was a four seed. Okay. So it was it was not like a super highly ranked team, but you look back at the roster and they had Trey Burke. Uh, Nick Stauskas, Karis LeVert, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Mitch McGarry, who flamed out. But they they had five or six solid pro athletes, um, NBA players on the team. Um, and, and I went back because YouTube recommended it to me. It was only like an hour long, and I watched it. And it, it was the best hour I've spent in the past three or four days because it was just Michigan blowing out Florida in the NCAA tournament game to make it to the Final Four. And that was so much fun. I couldn't believe how much fun it was. So then I went back and then watched the Michigan versus Syracuse game in the Final Four, which Michigan also won. Uh, it's kind of nice watching these old replays because it's a predetermined outcome and you know Michigan isn't going to blow it in the fourth quarter or the second half because uh, that's what really we specialize in. Maybe unless you, unless you watch the... 11 22 63 Ernest is talking about in the butterfly effect he yes, went back in time yeah, and then change it and Michigan may have still blown it but um no I think <laughs> well I, I, I don't s- want to be a spoiler but you know how he makes money in the past well, all, all back to yeah back to the future like Biff Tan and he takes a sports almanac back and does bets but it gets him in trouble and I won't of tell you about does. that yeah, I'm sure it does you go invest in now what, what time travel movie uh, changes when they try to bet on a game. There's a famous time travel movie where they try to bet on a famous game. I'll give you the game. Denver Broncos. Oh, Cleveland I know what it Browns. is. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes. I remember that. You won't say it. You remember what he a squirrel runs lose. across. The squirrel runs Wait, across the squirrel field. Runs across, throws it all off. And we will not talk about how he has to pay the bet off. Not no, on family television. Not, not for. Or radio. No. But to answer your question, David, um, I can tell you one right off the bat because a lot of times I see the clip constantly on YouTube and I will literally, or uh, like on my Facebook page, Facebook knows me well enough that every time I see this clip, I always watch it. It's the 2001 <laughs> World Series Game 7, Diamondbacks versus uh, the uh, New York Yankees, which Luis obviously Gonzalez. is, basically this is our Arizona's only championship. I'm from Arizona. That's our only championship, real championship of the major sports. Um, I think the Phoenix Mercury won a few. Um, the Arizona Rattlers won a few arena leagues, uh, but honestly, that was our big one, and can't believe it happened. But I remember so many ups and downs in that game. I remember Soriano hit the home run that I thought we had us cooked. I thought we were done. I felt the same feeling that I felt in the 1993 NBA Finals when John Paxson hit the three-pointer to beat the Suns to win the series. I got the exact same feeling. I was like, no, this is happening all over again. Oh, well. 
And then Tony Womack came up in the seventh and tied it. After he tied it, after we tied, you know, Mariano Rivera, I was like, all right, we got this. We can make you we can stretch out a couple more innings, get Rivera out of the game, and we can do this. And then, you know, the rest is history. Gonzo comes up. And then just anything that's just so poetic at the end. Jay Bell is the guy on third when Gonzo hits the, gets the hit. Jay Bell runs home when he hits home. The first guy to hug him because he was on deck is Matt Williams. Now, Matt Williams and Jay Bell were the only two players left from the inaugural season of 1998 for the Diamondbacks, their first season. So that's really cool. And Ernest, I'm going to let you go because I'm going to try to think on the other two, on the other one. Maybe, Ernest, you probably have a couple. First off, before Ernest says anything about that game, Luis Gonzalez, that hit to beat the Yankees was so cool. And I can remember it so perfectly in my head because. The Yankees must have been trying to turn a double play, or no, they're just playing in because the the runner at third, and, and Luis Gonzalez hit, you know, and, and this was Gonzo. This was the guy who was hitting forty plus home runs a year at that at that stretch. He was one of the best home run hitters in in the National League at the time. He just hit a little blooper, just far enough past the crowded infield to to send home the game winning run, and that hit. For me, barely, it's barely got it into the grass. It was into the grass, but it was just outside the the infield, just out past the dirt. But for whatever reason, it must have been the A and the fact that their colors were similar to the Charlotte Hornets. I had my mom make me an Arizona Diamondbacks birthday cake the year before they won the World Series. Uh, we have a picture of it at home. I have to send it to you, Nate. My and my mom did a perfectly crafted in icing, different colors, Arizona A. Uh, you know, I must, I must have scales drew, um, drew that. A so many times <laughs> as a kid once we first got the team and then you know, how, how did the you started. how did you feel when the Diamondbacks changed their colors you know from, it was mainly because of a change of ownership and I get the you know when you change ownership usually there's a you know an incentive to make some money monetize it and by changing the numbers but you know it was definitely a bummer I know that Jerry Colangelo was the one that was big with purple because he had the Suns. Um, and I know it was really devastating to a lot of fans in Arizona. They love that. Uh, but luckily what they do now is I think it's, um, every Thursday to do throwback Thursday and the, and when they're home, they wear the purple uniforms, which are old school, which is cool. But yeah, I think a lot of people really miss that, that purple, but it kind of, you know, I think we're kind of doing what Pittsburgh's done where you kind of have the uniform colors, you know, because the Cardinals have the red and the, um, Diamondbacks have the red and then the Coyotes have the red. So they kind of have that universal, those universal colors. The sun's obviously. It very much is that. It's like that burgundy red. Yeah. It's kind of like a desert red. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's so, but no, it it was a bummer. I I like the colors. I like some of the cool things they've done with it now, but you know, you still miss the, the purple and, um, that teal know. and purple is so iconic. I mean, yeah. it's just teal is just such an iconic color for the nineties, right? It's yeah, just... that that was it. The Sharks, the Hornets, and, and and you know the 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 um, Diamondbacks, which they they've changed the uniforms. They're taking away that that red gradient that they had on the shoulders for yeah. the Diamondbacks this year, and they've lightened up the away jerseys, which were kind of a turquoise. They're just are are you sure they have yet, Ernest? Oh yeah, they, they haven't played a game yet. So yeah, they've already come out with the uniforms because you know the Padres came out with the brown and gold. Oh yeah, but, I saw them in spring training and they were. I don't know if I like the Padres ones. I'm not sure. You don't yet. like the brown and the gold? That's the old school. Now, whoa, whoa, Nate, no one, no one hate on the color brown. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, don't, Nate, don't touch my color brown, Nate. I hate to correct you, but you were saying 
the the state of Arizona had no championships for that World Series, and then the Rattlers major, winning three. Major championship. He's not. I remember in '97 the Wildcats beat Kentucky in the NCAA. <laughs> well, yeah, and in college, fan, I didn't really count. Sun Devil fan, I would think you would remember that. I don't. I'm a I Sun don't Devil think... fan. If I'm a Sun Devil fan, there's no way I'd like the Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> I mean, no, I was rooting for Arizona Wildcats. I'm not a big U of A guy. Um, I grew up liking Arizona State even though I went to Northern Arizona University, but I grew up going to Arizona State events, games. But um, no, when, when the Wildcats made it against Duke, I was rooting for the Wildcats. I mean, it was still Arizona, but you know, I, I guess I consider it the major sports, professional sports. I guess I should have said professional sports. Okay. Not, right. But no, that was, that was a great thing for U of A. I always give props to every U of A fan about that. Um, but they, with what they got now with Sean Miller is, you know, they're, they're out in the round one or two. We actually had a bet going before this... Um, before March Madness got canceled, there was a there was a there was there was a bet. We had a friend that went to Penn State. Penn State was probably going to make the tournament this year. They actually had a great season. Um, we were we had a first bet was who's going to go further in the tournament, Penn State or Arizona. And then my other bet was I don't think U of A is going to get out of the second round. At best, they're going to win the first game, but they're going to lose. They'll never make it to the next weekend. They'll never do it. They just can't. The way Sean Miller has everything running there, it just it doesn't. And then obviously it's we're going to find out what's what's uh, going to go on with all that shenanigans. Uh, too. Are you ready? You ready for my bold prediction? I have had witness to a documentary that will be on HBO this Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure that after Tuesday, uh, Mr. Miller and Mr. Will Wade, the coaches for LSU, will no longer be employed because there is video, there is audio being played of them basically paying or making arrangements for payment of players. Was Anton there? DeAndre? Uh -huh. um, it was about him. Yes, it was. That's what it was for. And it it's the middleman that the FBI convicted, but he has got these audio tapes and he's, he is spilling his beans. And I'm pretty sure this will shake up college basketball. Well, let me tell you, if you've got any uh, audio of Ryan day, Paying any athletes? <laughs> no, yeah. no, and they don't have anything from Kansas either. So it's just LSU and Arizona. But if you get a chance, ten o'clock on HBO, take a take a gander at it. It is a fascinating little video. You know, it, I digress. I don't go to my videos. I would like yes, to watch. Tell me, tell me what what cha what games are you watching on YouTube? Well, looking well, up see, for pure I, entertainment. I have all the Carolina championship games. I have all six of those on DVD. So those I have in my possession already. Uh, I, I watched the Kentucky Carolina game Saturday, Luke Mays three with three seconds to go. These are ones I see constantly. So I'm going to talk about ones I don't get a chance to see in Super Bowl five, uh, when the Baltimore Colts beat the Dallas Cowboys 16 to 13 on a last minute, 32 yard field goal by Jim O'Brien. You have that sports illustrated cover. Yes. But it's interesting. You go to YouTube. What's great about the real old stuff is they leave in the old commercials. Like you can buy a <laughs> Chevy Chevelle for $500. I mean, that's, it's eye-opening how much things have changed. There's another one that I've got a chance to see that I really enjoy. The ABA and NBA played a series of all-star games against each other in the early 70s. And you had Wilt Chamberlain going against Artis Gilmore. And you had Dr. J going against Elgin Baylor. And it's it's just marvelous to watch. And they played like in a half-empty gym. 
but you see guys, the, most everybody on the courts in the basketball hall of fame. And no, it's, it's another thing you'll notice is up until about, uh, about five minutes, uh, the screens are smaller because you got them letterboxed up until about 2003 and the cameras, you know, you, further you go back, you've got one camera, two camera. So you really appreciate the quality of broadcast today. But those are, those are my two. Those are my two. I think, awesome. Okay. I think and if they, I could. I've stalled long enough that they can come up with a second one. Well, you know, I kind of thought about this. I mean, I, I've seen the movie a ton of times, but I think I'd probably want to watch the 1980 USA versus Russia hockey game. I think if that was, if I had to pick the other one, there's a lot of good ones out there to pick, but I think that one would probably be one that, because I've seen the movie Miracle so much, because I've actually been to the rink in Lake Placid, um, I think I'd probably want to watch that one. I'm sure there's the plenty out there good ones. I mean, I'm sure I could have said if we had recorded this oh, yeah. on the 28th, we could have said, you know, the Super Bowl where it was three to, you know, 28-3, and the uh, the the Patriots came back to beat the Falcons. But we're not. Well, we're on the trust 29th, me, you're going to so. get plenty of time to watch whatever game you want to watch on YouTube. So. Oh yeah, there's so it, many. Yeah, we're gonna have plenty of time to. When, when do y'all think? When right now, if you had to make a choice, when do you think the date is we'll get back live sports? June first. I don't know what sport. I don't know what sport it's going to be. I don't know what sport it's going to be. May thirty first was what I was going to say. Memorial Day weekend was my guess. I I think July fourth. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that'd be a cool day to start. Yeah, Kurt Herb Street. Herb Street came out today and said he did not think there was any way we'd have college football or the NFL this year. Well, let me. T- wow, wow, wow. Let me tell you, my way to be a Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Downer on the season already. Come I'm on, sorry. That I, that's Herb Street. That's not me. Not you. No, no. I'm saying, I'm saying Herb Street. Why, why would you they come out and do that? Work, I, mean, I guess. You know, the rumor is they're going to bring him over to do Monday Night Football. That's they need it. They need it. Everybody else has turned down the job. Peyton Manning already turned it down. That would have been great if there was a joke about Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Being the two hosts for Eli, they haven't offered to Eli. I don't think. No, but I'm saying that that was a rumor that they thought would be funny. Is that those two? Well, e- to... Eli isn't going to do it unless Payne tags along. That uh, by ESPN, well, Payton would have to be the play-by-play, and yeah. Eli would have to be the dynamite. Well, they, uh, they they try to get Al Michaels. They they offered, but he has two more years on his contract, and I don't see him. I see two years. I see Al Michaels retiring. Yeah. Why, why would he go from the why would he go from the highest rated TV program you, to a cable program? Well, I tell you what, ESPN, if we're really gonna talk about this, Monday Night Football is at a spot where you have to find a guy who is between the ages of 35 and 45, who is unknown, and you just gotta stick him in there and get and make him be the guy who's gonna do it for the next five or ten years. Do you remember, and this is really an awkward transition, but when Ryan Seacrest took the job of American Idol in the year 2000. He was really not that well-known, and and they took a chance on him, and he became synonymous with American Idol, and then he became synonymous with just being a mega personality. Monday remember Night the other guy? You remember his partner? Uh, I remember Daly? what he looks no. like. A generic white-looking guy with brown hair. Oh, yeah, his career is – he's like doing local radio in Utah. I mean, the same with Justin Guarini, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just like – yeah. So I, I mean, the game really brings you, and they've got a, they've always got a lousy palette of games. I mean, the, the whole rosters, 
The only good one they've had in the last two years was the Chiefs-Rams game that was supposed to be played in Mexico City. But does announcers, re- I mean, to me, the announcer, I turn down the announcer sometime. They're not that many announcers that I listen to. we got to be careful because if, if they can't find anybody, Joe Buck might go over to Monday Night Football and their ratings. I mean, <laughs> he you, you want to talk about kids. you want to you want to talk about how to nosedive your ratings overnight? Put Chris Collinsworth and Joe Buck together. Oh, I wouldn't even. I would just. I'd watch it on mute. I'd have music playing. I wouldn't even care. Is well, that opens up. Is there any announcer that you watch the sport for that you normally wouldn't watch the game if you see X is broadcasting? Like Pat Summerall and, and John Madden had that pull. Who's the guy no. that was uh, the college football that always used to do the granddaddy mall? Keith, Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. I would Jumpin', literally, Jumpin'. I would I would keep a game on even if it was a blowout. If Keith Jackson was there, I loved Keith Jackson. He was great. Just that old school mentality just was but excited he's no about longer- it. He was, he was the best. I love it because he retired and then he still came back and did Rose Bowl games. And I loved that. That was awesome. But he's uh, no longer with us anymore. Well, no, I, I mean, Jim that was... Big bowl yeah. game in the sky. Jim Nance is, is one of them. I mean, I, I, I watch the Masters, but Jim Nance on the Masters is great. Um, if you want to get into soccer, uh, Arlo White does the American uh, TV stations for the Premier League. And Arlo White has a, a very much like a Hugh Grant English accent. Um, That's not a compliment. Well... Well, the, if you like English accents, it's a nice it's a nice background at what, the very least. What about the NBC hockey guy? I forgot his name, but he always does all the Doc NBC. Emmerich. Doc, Doc Emmerich. He's Doc great. Emmerich he does a really good job. Who um, he, he, he went to Bowling Green State uh, University. I would just yeah. like to throw out there. Um, we got a local guy, John Forslund, who does a lot of NBC games, who's is really, really good locally. But I mean, Emmerich's close. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, he does, but I can't really. Billis is okay, but I don't watch a game because Billis. And I Jay Billis gets very preachy. And I, I like Jay Billis. Yeah. What about stances. Bill Walton? Bill Walton's pretty funny. Bill Wal- yeah, but just to see that the circus act. Yeah. You, yes. no, hey, that, I, that I, I've point. met him, That's and that is no act. I got opportunity to meet him years ago when he was calling games. He does Clippers. a lot of he does a lot of Pac-12. He does a lot of U of A games. And yeah, yeah. Buddy well, Mike always lot, talks about him. He does a lot of Colorado games as well. Just throwing that out there, he does, and he makes a lot of Boulder references and Rocky Mountain High, literally nonstop. Yeah. Bill One is the guy, Nate. You're right because because you know at midnight you're turning on television on the East Coast, you get a Bill Walton game and it's going to be entertaining for the next two hours. Keeps you up you a are bit. right on the money, man. I want to see him do a Final Four game high. I just want to see it happen. <laughs> just throw it out there. He might be the optional channel, right? I mean, what is it when they do the yeah. Final Four? They have the like two stations that are the, the schools <laughs> broadcasting out. That's you know, cool. That'd be, that'd be great. That would be I, great. Find, I find Nance to be a bit of a prude. I really – I don't like Nance. I really don't. You know what I think would make Monday Night Football Interesting awesome? Interesting choice of word there. I don't, I don't think it would happen, but I think what would be really cool is if you would turn on Monday Night Football, right – and they give you three different pairs of announcers, and you can switch. So if you're listening to two and you're just like, oh, this guy's an idiot or whatever, you can switch to a different pair, right? During the game, in middle of the game, there's three going on at the exact same time. You can pick which one you want to listen to. I think that would be awesome. It'd be way too expensive for ESPN to do, but that would be something that would be really cool because you could say, all right, I'm done with these guys. I still want to watch the game, but I don't want to hear these guys talk, so I'm going to switch over to, you know, well, let me Whatever. let me throw this to you. You never heard of ESPN Deportes, Nate? 
<laughs> right, but I'm saying this would be like on the channel. I think we've got the technology now that we could right. do that. You could say which which version you want to listen to. Okay, I'll listen to the first quarter, and it's you know Mike Tarico. Okay, this is cool, but oh, I'm getting kind of bored of him. I'll see what the other one is. Like oh, it's Peyton Manning and you know Eli Manning together. Like okay, I'll listen to that. Okay, that's getting a little boring. Or it's not as funny as I thought it'd be. I'm going to switch over to this one. But you'd have three different options to keep you more engaged into the game because you could pick the different announcer. They have started They've started to do YouTube streams. You know, Certain podcasts will do a live podcast stream of a game where you can turn off the game and listen to them talk. And it's a not, it's not a bad way to do it. Nate Duncan, um, who has his own Dunked On podcast, which is a, a really great NBA podcast for super analytical nerds, um, he does a great, great live stream sidebar. And I actually watched his live YouTube stream during the Portland-Oklahoma City playoff series last year, which was one of my favorite playoff series I've ever seen. This um, is Damian Lillard. It was, it was the series Damian Lillard went off. Uh, that's a great idea, Nate. I really, I really do think that's a great idea. Ernest, were you going to say something? Let's move on to the next topic. In the 70s, NBC had troubles on Monday Night Baseball getting ratings. So they had a guest analysis analysts every week and it was like entertainers it was ex-ball players it was burt reynolds one week it was uh alex hawkins who did football it was cosell came in and just ran down baseball the entire time a rotating set of analysts maybe that i mean look at the large pool of guys that 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 espn has you could bring in someone different every week one of their, you know, one of their guests, one of the talking heads they've got on there. Bring in Ditka if he was healthy enough. Bring in uh, what's the old coach for the Jets? Bring him in, Ryan. Bring in. I think Ryan he didn't do very well. Didn't Rob Ryan kind of get? Yeah, but that they said the same something? thing about Favre. They gave Favre a tryout and claimed that he didn't do well. And There's I, no way Brett Favre did well. Well, that's, that's, Joe Flacco might be available. Amount. Joe Flacco might be available. Flacco. I mean, that would have a rotating group of guys. Guys who have the bye week, bring them in. Have current players bring them in during the bye week and let them announce. Bring yeah, in Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald come in one week when the when the uh, Cardinals are on bye week. Let him be the analyst. I think he would too. Larry would be great. I think Larry will be fun when he retires. Larry would be good. He would be great. I think he'll be definitely a personality. Uh, Randy Moss, actually, I don't think would be the worst. Uh, he's not that bad on TV from what I've seen. Um, when I was watching the Michigan-Florida-Michigan-Syracuse 2013 NCAA run games, Steve Kerr was the color commentator for both of those games. Steve Kerr, I mean, this was before he took the Warriors job. He was absolutely fantastic on TV. Uh, I I wouldn't mind having him back on TV one day uh, sooner than later because I think he would be one of those type type of personalities. And what what is his reputation like, Nate, in, in Phoenix? Because I know he had a long long term relationship yeah, we, with the Phoenix Suns. We didn't. He was like the GM, and then he was a coach. Um, I'm sorry, he wasn't a coach. He was the GM there, and he kind of just abruptly left. So we weren't really. Him and I, I walked by. I actually walked by him in the arena once, um, and then he hired, I think, Terry Porter, which just killed the whole run and gun um, system. And I think that was kind of a killer. And I, you know, I don't think it was. He's a bad guy personally. I just think he was kind of over his head because he went from what TNT to the GM of the Suns. Yeah. And it just it wasn't good. I'm still not sold on him being a great coach either. I think he stepped into the Warriors dynasty. And I think Mark Jackson was really strict, and I think Steve Kerr was just a little bit more, you know, 
carefree, which is what the team needed, but they needed that structure ahead of time, which they got. Um, because I mean, you I mean, saw Luke Walton come in and fill in and he was coach of the month, coach of the year, basically 100%. on autopilot. So I, I'm not told, you know, this year we got to kind of see like, okay, now you don't have all this talent. What are you going to get out of what you've got? And I'm not expecting a championship out of him. A championship isn't going to make him a great coach right now. But if he can get a lot out of the talent he has, I'll be impressed. But I'm just not. If he can he get some a, of his. He went into a dynamite team and I think just kept kept the wheels running. And then you get Durant added to it. I mean. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. If he can have some of his players from this year develop into role players on a championship team next year. That will be the sign that he's a good coach. I, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you there. I think I think the jury's still out on. I mean, he's a championship coach, which is one. Well, he's thing. a Hall of Fame coach. He's he definitely a Hall of Fame coach yeah. for sure. It's it's like one of those weird things where it's you know how it, does it matter if you would have done badly with a bad team because he does well with a great great team. It is. It's one of those weird things. Um, let's talk about the NBA because that was the next topic I really wanted to get into. A with the season being pushed back indefinitely, would you guys be in favor of having this year's season pick up a- and start with just the playoffs and and go from July through September and then start the regular season next year in October? Or how would you like to see this year's season and next year's season play out? Ernest, what are your thoughts for that? Because the NBA for me is the most intriguing one. Uh, I almost think the NHL might have to write it off because there's, it's just yeah. too intensive you well, know, for hockey. Court, yeah, there's court de- – I mean, the getting available dates at arenas are going to be – For problem. hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, particularly for hockey. I, I think they're going to go straight to the playoffs, and I think we'll go to September, and I think you're going to see the season shift because there's a couple of owners, the owners of the Hawks and, and uh, the Mavericks both talked about it. Uh, I think you're going to see a December – to August schedule from here on out because you look about it permanently, 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 permanently. July right now is baseball. That's all. And if we go to as soon as next year, the uh, going down the three exhibition games in NFL and 17 games, then you're pushing the start of the season back a week. So you're really opening up August. You're really only competing. I, I, think it'd be the best thing for the NBA to go because you got college football going on. College football owns October. Can we do opening day on Christmas? Uh, I wouldn't go by that far. Maybe first of December, maybe, maybe that tournament they're talking about, maybe do that Christmas week, you know, that single elimination tournament. tournament? No, I do it like during Christmas week. That would work out, but maybe Thanksgiving starting then. Or that would, be, that would be, I think that would steal the spotlight from the NFL. Uh, no, I think nothing, NFL, nothing steals from the NFL. But you just don't play NBA games I, on Sunday and you're, and you're set. I think you could do everything else. You don't have to worry. Oh, about. I was just saying, I was saying, just on don't put NBA games on Sunday and then you should yeah. be okay. Right. right, right but I, I right. really think now that, that I think we're going to see a permanent change. I don't see the NFL, NHL, NHL is a winter sport. And I think they're going straight to the playoffs. They only had five games apiece, I think. Most of the teams left in the NHL season when they stopped, so they can easily go into the playoffs. Well, the, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't be thrilled with that because the Coyotes are like right there fighting in the in the West. <laughs> yeah. It was like, Luckily, the it was like a game. Have the next to last slot, so I'm okay with this. The uh, 
I, I you know, this is one of the better teams the Coyotes have actually had in a while. So I've been, I think if they get into the playoffs, this is prior to Corona stopping everything. I was kind of excited for them, but you know, with the layoff, who knows? I mean, it's almost like they got to get in like a couple of games before they can just kick it into the playoffs. I think they should do like a, you know, if there's, I don't know, let's just say there's eight teams that are trying to get in and there's 10 that are within a game. Just do like a little playoff, like do a one game playoff. Hey, okay. You know, these two guys play, you play that. Okay. You're the eighth seed, kind of like baseball. Like you do the one game playoff and you know, you, you get into the eighth seed and I've heard breast of three instead of going seven games in the first round or even the second round. Oh, best of three that's, really I mean, that's, a, that's a coin flip of all coin flips right there. But that's the time factor and the availability oh. of arenas. Because yeah, that's you got true. Circuses coming in. You got concerts coming in. Uh, Charlotte here. We've got the Republican national convention. Where's the democratic convention? Milwaukee. It's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee yeah. Oh my gosh. That's going to tie that arena up. So, I mean, the, the advantage, the bucks could schedule games in Madison and play yeah. at, uh, UW. So well, or they can move the convention. Option. They can move the convention to another location. Well, that's, that's, oh, bigger yeah, money. Yeah. that's bigger money. I mean, you're talking about at tops moving two games from the bucks, probably and a playoff series. Uh, Madison is two hours away. So that's that's doable. I mean, that's that's perceivable. And I think well, actually, but but, but you got three arenas. You got three arenas in Milwaukee, so you could play at one of the other arenas. So so actually, the NBA has asked NBA owners and teams to make contingency plans to host games because of the Corona. You just don't know um, in practice facilities slash smaller arenas. So I do know the NBA is making secondary plans in case. You know, like the the Cole Center is filled, or whatever the arena David, in Milwaukee yeah. is. Yeah, uh, David, I've heard the Bahamas, I've heard Hawaii, I've heard locations like that, unattended games. You know what? Why not do yeah, it like a high school gym? Right. Do it. Find a good high school so gym. I'm so with that. Do that. Do that because then you're in the town, right? It's great for the school. They get to say, "Hey, look, we got we had an NBA team play in here." You're not playing in front of anybody, so what now, matters how big the gym? Could you is? imagine LeBron and Giannis in a high yeah. school gym? I mean, the high school not? courts are small. High school courts are smaller than NBA courts. So yeah, I thought they were all regulation size, but are they? Do I, don't, I guess That's I wouldn't know that, Ernest. Is that, yeah, is that true? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, this different uh, NBA court is longer than wider than a high school gym. Or you know what? If it's if it ends up being in like December for the finals or something like that, why not do it outdoors? Find it. You know, the, the Suns played on like a tennis court. They put the thing on the outside of on a tennis yeah. court. I mean, you Let's do that with, the win, with the win factor. That would be fun. Probably Palm Springs, Bucks. right? Palm Springs, right? Indio, Indian, in, in the, Indian, Indian Wells. Wells. Indian Wells. Yeah. How about the How about the NBA? Just choose a high school court and then donate all the money to the high school to rework the court, refinish it, repurpose it, redo the gym. Bada bing, bada boom. You've got an awesome court. Everyone's happy. That'd be so. That would be the coolest thing in the world. That's the one thing. This is creating the chance to make some really cool sporting opportunities. And if you guys remember after 9-11, the, the feeling, you know, for, for the next three or four months, uh, like I specifically remember George W. Bush throwing the best, you know, strike right down the middle that any president has ever thrown for a pitch. Um, and it being like just a cool moment for America slash people, just social gatherings in general. The social gatherings right after the first wave of when we're allowed to go back, I think is going to be really awesome. I told my dad today, I really want to go with Ernest 
to the first round of the NCAA tournament next year. Because I think after skipping the NCAA tournament this year, next year's NCAA tournament is going to be one of the coolest places you could possibly be for sports in general. Uh, if there's any place you guys would want to go see a sporting event at after this whole thing is over, where, where would you guys choose? Is there anything in your mind? You know, the that- first four in Dayton wouldn't be bad. I mean, it's kind of a central location for all of us. The first four in Dayton? Nate's like a 10-hour drive from anywhere. So, so uh, March Madness thinking- was fun. I got to say, I mean, last year we, I mean, I got to see John oh, Moran, right. which we didn't, obviously when we bought the tickets, we don't know. We were, they played in Hartford, which is about two hours, no, an hour away. Um, and it was, it was fun. I mean, obviously it, I think it's part of the fun is knowing you have the tickets, knowing you have the venue, but you don't know the teams yet. And then you're sitting there, you're just as excited on selection Sunday. Cause you're like, Oh, we're, we're, who am I going to get to see? Right. So I got to see, I mean, like Vermont was not exciting. Right. But location wise, it was great because, you know, a lot of the Vermont folks could come down from the university of Vermont and, and make that trip, which is kind of cool. But obviously, you know, they, they got smoked, I think by Florida state or something like that. But you know, I got to see uh, Marquette. I got to see, but you know, I got to see like you know, uh, I forgot who Joe John Morant played for. Is it Morehead State or Murray State? Murray State. Murray State. I mean, that was cool because I was like, oh, this guy's really cool. I got to see him, and then he's done so well in the NBA that I'm like, ah, I got to see him in March Madness. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really cool because you got the two different bands playing each other. Then you switch it over, and there's another game. If you go the first game, the first day, it's four games. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I I, I think I think, I think next right on the head. That would be. That's a great thing to do. Well, next year's spot. tournament is going to be awesome. If you guys are going to drive, I mean, if you're going to travel somewhere, like look at the locations and find a good spot because you know the first day you're there. Uh, I mean, you're, you're taking care of the games, but you're going to want to find a place to eat beforehand. And um, obviously, the night's going to be really late, but then you're going to have a day off, and then you go the next day. So find somewhere that you got you know some fun places to be because the next day, you know, you're waking up, you're kind of recovering, but you got you know you got the day to go do something. Then the next day's round two. Uh, I, hate, I hate I hate to be the harbinger of bad news. Don't do it. Well, I got to do it. What sport is going to suffer when we get back to some feeling of norm- normality? And I got one for you already. Because if we push the NBA season back to August, the WNBA Draft. is dead. The WNBA is dead. Yeah, that's true. That'll be tough for them to recover. People are, it's going to be a scramble for sponsorship dollars, for season tickets, and I don't see the WNBA surviving this. What if they do it after August? What if they did it in like uh, September? They're, they're tired. But, they get paid so much more in European. In, in oh, Russia. okay. Okay. I see so, what you're saying. So they're not going to stick around here for the winter. It's not about anyway, competing you, with you American sports. Flip, yeah, you can't flip their calendar. They're They're dead. And I wonder about other sports. I wonder about baseball is so revenue and hockey are both so revenue dependent on attendance. And, you know, millennials, millennials, baseball is like the fifth yeah. most popular sport where it's, it's football, basketball, soccer, and then baseball, hockey. Because if where, you put basketball in competition in July and August against baseball, Baseball is going to suffer. Yeah, it's just it's it's slow. It's it's hard. It's hard to keep up with. I just and, and I worry about the MLS. I worry about that because if you push them back, then all these guys have contracts with the European leagues, so they have to go back at a certain time. They're they're looking at going back mid August, 
Isn't about third week. Of I August? think I think MLS will be okay because their players not. It's it's a it's like less than two or three. It's like three or four percent of players are contracted in both Europe and America with their own loan systems. What if you put them in a pushed calendar with the uh, with the Kentucky Derby, the right. Indianapolis Five Hundred, the British Open, the Masters. You put all these sports events in September and August, and I worry about MLS. And I, we're about to get a franchise here in the Carolinas, but I worry about their, and, and I'm worried if they've overexpanded. So I worry about the WNBA, I worry about the MLS, and I worry about baseball. Well, I'll tell you, MLS is going to go to a, I think what's going to happen is they're going to go to a two tiered system in the next 10 years where they do have like stunted promotion relegation. Where you have the top half of the league is in is in one bracket and the lower half of the league is in in a different tier, um, and do promotion relegation in quotes. Um, so I I think they'll be fine because I think they've made enough money off of expansion fees. But I do agree that they're a threat. WNBA is going to have to turn into a tournament or something, something to get people's attention. Nate, you got what do you, you got? What do you guys think about if it? Let's just say this: we're not we're not playing sports by the end of June. What if we just said we cancel them? We just said NBA season done and NHL season done. We're just going to start over new when they start. What if you did that? So I, mean, of, don't, I mean, the only you, you'd lose the championships, right? But we've already kind of lost that with March Madness. Like that's there's no there's no tournament winner. There's no national champion. All those other sports in college, all the sports were done, right? So we don't have champions in that. Why not just do that with professional sports? We get to that point because I feel like that might logistically make more sense if you just cancel the, the season the season ends they can start their off-season programs regimens whatever and then just start when they're supposed to start the next following season i feel like outside of the revenue part of it that seems revenue. like the best idea to do it because i feel like with television contractors will yeah soon, they'll you, soon gotta, lost you gotta remember the only regular season game the only season the only game shown on over air broadcasting is the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals. Everything else is on cable. So their TV contracts are backloaded that the big money is in those championships. So that's that's the issue. That's the problem you're going to see. I, they're they're going to play championship games. I don't care if they play the NHL championship games in September. They will be played. Same thing with the NBA Finals. If it goes to September, October, they will play them because we're talking about the majority of revenue, which since you've already taken out attendance as a revenue, right. you're going to have to refund ticket sales. They have to. I don't think they have a choice. The big thing is going to be a lot of players are going to get one year's uh, credit, and they're going to be free agents a year before they will. So they're going to play. They may be in an empty high school arena. It may be on a pond in Ontario or in the Northwest Territories, but they're going to play. I, th- there's no doubt about that. That's that's. Yeah, I'm just saying from from that standpoint, that might what you're saying obviously makes a ton of sense, and obviously the money's there, and um, obviously with the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. But I almost just wonder if it's just at this point, if it's just easier to cancel them. Um, well, if you take away the dollars away from, you take all the financial incentives away from all this. That's why I think it would almost make sense because then you're not messing up any timelines of pushing anything out. The WNBA sticks to their st- you know, their schedule if. We're still going through this when the WNBA is supposed to start. That one gets canceled. Um, You just kind of punt on the year and then just reboot for 2020-2021. I know I talk a lot about soccer more than most people, but Liverpool, my favorite club, 
Um, they won a bunch of titles in the 80s, 1980s, 1970s. Uh, the most historically prestigious team, similar to Michigan football, where they won all their titles in history. However, the Premier League started in 1992. Uh, it, it was a brand new league for television money purposes. And Liverpool was at top. They just won like six of the last ten titles. You know, the top, top team. They have not won a title since 1992. And people have said they're cursed. Curse, curse, curse. They can never win. They can never win. This year, they're on pace to break the record for most points ever in a season. They're on pace to win the league, the earliest anyone had ever won the league, ever. And yet, they're cursed because people are talking about canceling the season in Europe when they're just about to be champions. They're literally two games away from being champions. If you cancel leagues, I think people will be mad. I think people would just like be very, very frustrated. Because I think right? we've I mean, seen I mean, it with that. We've seen it with strikes. That's why I kind of figured, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, it would suck. It would just suck. Ninety-four Expos had the best record in baseball. Had an eight-game lead over the Braves in '94. Strike came in. They lost the revenue of going to the playoffs, and they had to move within six years to Washington. Their All general strike. Their general manager, team president. Jim Fanning was the GM at that time. What? Dave Dombrowski? No, Jim Fanning came in before Dombrowski. Dombrowski came to clean the house. 94, it was Jim Fanning. Oh, And the, really? the manager that time was? Jim Leland. Not Jim Leland. Philippe Oh, I thought it was Dave. I was always under the impression it was Dave Dombrowski. No, he came in. He was part oh. of the, the uh, yard sale afterwards. Mm, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's pretty good at winning one year and getting fired the next. Montreal, Detroit, Boston, yeah. yeah Diamondbacks had a lot of those kind of managers where they Bob would get Brimley. they would win a year, hey, they hey, would win one gotta, year, they'd win the uh, manager of the year and then the next year they would have a bad season and the next the, season after that they would be halfway through the season toast. Kurt Lavella, Gibson was one of them, uh, Bob Melvin. He's one of the best in baseball. You, you have one of the best right now in Tory Lavella. Oh, I think he's great. I like him. Baseball. I think he's fantastic. I think he's got. There needs so much to be an team. award. There needs to be an award called the Buck Showalter Award for a manager who turns their team around the best in a single season or a single two seasons who is not going to stick around for the next playoff run. Because uh, that's Buck Showalter right there. I mean, Mark, the greatest rebuild him. That's like Dennis Dennis Green in um, NFL. He did that with the Cardinals the year after. Mark he Jackson left. in the NBA. Yep. yep, Mark Jackson. I mean, those those, those coaches that. They, they tee everything up and get the team ready. They set the foundation, but they need a different coach to get them to the next level. It's just, the, I mean, the Dimebacks had Buck Showalter right there is perfect example because Buck Showalter did all that work for the Dimebacks. They fired him the next year. They got Bob Brenly. They won the World Series. So Jim Harbaugh might be that guy, which hurts hurts my heart. And so, um, oh, we can't even talk about Harbaugh. He, I, I'm so disappointed in him. Like, I'm, I was so excited for Michigan outside of the Notre Dame games. I was excited for Michigan with Harbaugh. I'm just, I'm so befuddled that he is not getting, he's got good recruiting so classes. Like he's a, I mean, I just, and even his quarterbacks, his quarterbacks are not as good as I thought they would be with him running things. I mean, I, yeah. for what he did in the NFL, I was, I was shocked that he, he's basically, he's basically it. got the same record as Brian Kelly, but he just plays Ohio state to end of the year of year. And that sucks. Yeah. He still did Ohio sucks. state. You think at this point he would have yeah. had one. I mean, Brady yeah, Hope got one, right? Didn't Brady Hoke get one? Da- Dab- no, he didn't, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He, he got one, right? Dabo yeah. Sweeney started his, started his career 0-6 against oh, uh, South Carolina. Yes. So there's still hope. <laughs> Who was the coach of South Carolina that time? 
Yeah, the, the old, old ball, ball coach. coach. Yes, yeah. the old ball coach. Spurs. And he's Dabo Sweeney relentlessly. Oh, relentlessly. He, he knows how to get under everybody's skin. I just, I love the old ball coach. Really All right, do. guys, let's let's move on to the last topic here. The last four or five minutes. Um, Ernest, moving forward here, we're about to enter the coldest winter ever seen in the summer of the United States of America. Here, uh, you're going to be in your house. You're not going to be not moving around a lot unless you're. A, are you essential? Ernest? I'm in the pool already. What are you talking about? I'm in the pool this weekend. Well, the coldest winter in terms of not seeing each other. We're not. We're not socializing. Oh, oh, socially, socializing. socially cool. Yes. Socially cool. Coolest winter, as in as in we're going to be hibernating by ourselves away from other people. What are you going to be doing athletically over the next two or three months, Ernest? Are, are you going to be are you going to be practicing your golf swim? Okay, so Michael Phelps. Uh, yes, I'll be swimming or floating, more floating than swimming. Nate, <laughs> Nate, what are you going to be doing to stay in shape? To get well, in, in shape, we've kind of converted our basement here. to a gym. Um, so we've kind of got some, you know, you get some free weights. I got the bench there. We got, I set up the TV so you can do, you know, you've got so many things with YouTube that you can, you know, plug in, you know, workouts. And um, even my wife does totally. like little workouts, things like that. Um, you can do that. You know, I, and when the weather's nice, I've got, the weather's starting to get really nice here. Still have some cold days, but um, you've had a couple days where it's almost hit 70. I mean, it's insane, insanely beautiful, right? But, you know, I'll ride my bike around the neighborhood. Um, I'm not a big runner, but I'll jog a little bit um, just to kind of keep things interesting. But, you know, other than that, I can, I can chip in the, you know, the chip in the yard. I luckily have, you know, we have an acre lot. You know, I've got some space where I can do that. Um, and then I got a basketball hoop too, so, and a driveway, so. You just, there's a few things we can do to keep you and the kid, the kids interested in basketball at all yet, or, uh, uh they can't quite reach, still? they can't quite reach it yet. Um, but they'll pass it to me and, you know, we got, a, we got soccer balls. We got a little soccer net. We can do that yes. with the kids. Um, so, you know, there's, Great. there's plenty of things. I mean, I think if we can, we can get creative with what, what we can do. Um, you know, that's, well, let me tell you what, so we, we got, I got soccer balls for the kids their own shin guards and cleats for the first time because we we're supposed to start soccer in two weeks that's been canceled of course uh, also we had a tree cut down in our backyard just this past saturday and they did not take the wood so we've got all of this wood in the backyard so today i spent all day this past sunday chopping wood uh, with my axe and sorting all the piles of wood and so you're going to see me on the next great outdoorsman competition uh, that they used to show on ESPN2, just chopping away, next lumberjack. Uh, I'm going to be ready, man. That's what I'm going to be doing for the next two or three months, just chopping wood whole time, whole time here. So listeners, remember this. If nothing else from this podcast, David has wood. I have, oh, I have wood. I have lots of long, hard wood. I'm going to tell you what, man. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is going to love this. All right, guys, that's been a great podcast. Welcome to David's last hosting job. I didn't realize Nate, you know, Nate, I can see Nate on Skype. And I, I thought, you know, he was giving me the number one as in one minute left in this podcast. 
I didn't think that's where he was going with it. I gotta say, I thought, which finger I thought it was, was making, it? Which finger it was, was the pointer it? finger for Ernest who couldn't see me. It was a yes, pointer. It was a pointer was finger. A very different joke when when Ernest mentioned the wood and whatnot. I well, thought, David, David's hosting and I'm recording, so I've I've got to keep an eye on the clock here. But yeah, so David, you got to wrap it up because we're we're basically at the hour mark, which is longer time than we're for supposed the to last, go, so. Time for the last shout out. I'll do mine real fast. Like uh, we lost Curly Neal this week. Uh, you guys don't remember the Harlem Globetrotters. Curly Neal's from Greensboro, North Carolina, graduated from Johnson C. Smith in Charlotte. Probably the greatest dribbler I've ever seen. Uh, remember, the Globetrotters played competitive basketball up to 1960, and they lost only two games over that 40-year period. Nate. My last word is... Um, I was talking to Ernest a little bit about this prior to recording, but um, all those local businesses that you like out there, if you're a little hesitant to buy any food right now, even though they're takeout only, buy some gift cards. It'll help them out in the long run. You can use the gift cards when everything's back to normal, but it gives them some money, gets some money in the pockets. Um, you know, just try to stay home. I know it sucks, but just try to stay home. Stop buying all the toilet paper. Stop buying all the paper towels. Seriously, you don't need that much. It's fine. I love that Costco Seriously. won't return it, but just you don't need all that. If you have a ton of it, Find an elderly neighbor that you can drop it off their front doorstep or find somebody that can use it. Because seriously, some of these people are freaking out. They don't have enough because every time they go to the store, it's out. Stop hoarding it. Who cares? We're all in this together. I agree, Nate, 100%. If you're lucky enough to have your mother or your father or your grandmother or a grandfather around or anyone, an aunt and uncle that you know that's a little bit older or maybe even a friend that lives by himself because he's in the army and he's locked down on campus – or on base and he can't get out of his house, can't leave uh, base, call them, FaceTime them. Show them attention, show them love because everyone needs it this time, man. This, I mean, we've been having a great time talking sports, but it sucks. And, and I'm lucky enough to have a family, to have a wife, to have kids, uh, to have my parents who are 10 miles away. So call them, FaceTime them, do it all. Ernest, Nate, it's been great talking to you guys. Thank you for appeasing me. Uh, I talk a lot. I talk fast, but you guys are awesome. Appreciate it. All right, guys, for Pardon the Confusion, I'm David Arnold, Nate Moyer, Ernest Watts. Talk to you later. Das Vidania.